director Chris Sun talks to us about his brand new movie, The Possessed. The amazing true story behind the movie and providing a uniquely Australian voice in the world of horror. Join us this week on Uncensored Horror. If you dare. Hey out there in Uncensored Radio Land, we have a very, very special guest and a very special show for you today. We are talking to the one and only Mr. Chris Sun, who is the writer and director of a brand new Australian horror movie. Yeah, baby. Australian horror movie called The Possessed. Oh, hey, Chris. How are you, mate? Hey, Gun Legends. Thanks for having me. No worries. Welcome to welcome to our little um uncensored radio life. Thank you for joining us. So um yeah. we want to talk to you all about this movie because um we have a little spin-off show from this from our main channel called Uncensored Horror where we, we talk about all things horror. Um give us a yeah, general us. rundown about it. Yeah. Yeah, about tell us possessed. all about the possessed, Chris. And we're pretty chilled. It is called uncensored radio, so go for gold. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me the green light to say fuck. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I am Always. giving you the green light to say fuck. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I, I could become a regular on your show then. Um, you could. All right, guys. So <laughs> the Possessed, I mean, it's definitely a different, um, you know, adventure for me. And, I, and I'll go over that a little bit later on. But it's it's based on a guy named Mark Gardner who uh, lives on the Sunshine Coast where I live. I'm just going to turn my microphone off on my computer, Legends. Um so there's a guy named Mark Gunner that lives up the hill from us, and he's a, a real-life exorcist. I met him a couple of years back when I was filming, like, this little YouTube TV show that we're doing called The Dark Side Down Under. And we went and watched him do one of these exorcisms and stuff. And we, we talked a little bit after the filming about the potential of maybe one day, uh, you know, making a movie on his life. So he started telling me in this interview about all these different clearings. So he's, you know, uh, cleared a lady that was, you know, being raped by you know this spirit of this monk and all these different exorcisms and clearings that he's done over the years and i was like holy shit like there's actually multiple movies in this guy you know like not it's like the conjuring universe but you know in the exorcism world of, of this guy and uh you know some of these uh exorcisms just sort of blew me away he calls them clearings he doesn't call them exorcisms he's not a priest he's uh he wears like these fucking little Hawaiian t-shirts, man, little koala bears and kangaroos on them to go in and perform like fucking rituals. It's pretty out there, right? So <laughs> we, we started getting to talk and, and that's what makes it so unique. Like a lot of people, you know, I remember when the, you know, the, the trailer got out and people were like, oh, another exorcism movie based on a true story, you know? Like we all hear that a hundred times. These days, every horror movie is based on a true story to give yeah. it like that, that little bit of flavor or to help sell it. But in actual fact, this actually is, right? So this guy, uh, again, it's not like a priest, you know, the power of Christ compels you. You know, this is a guy that goes in there, you sit in a chair or you lay on a massage table. No, you don't get a happy ending, but hopefully you get rid of the fucking demon, right? So <laughs> you, you go in there and he performs these clearings, right? So some <laughs> you'll get used to me real quick. So some of them are really tame. Like people go in there, they sit there, and he does this clearing and because you know, I was expecting like the exorcist, right? The, the fucking vomit, the head spinning. And that has happened to him. In fact, it happened to him personally. But a lot of them, are, you know, kind of they're like a non-event, right? So the people sit there, he does this clearing and it's amazing to watch because 
everything happens to him it doesn't happen to them right mm. so the demon that's inside them starts to come out of their body and into his body and then once he sucked that demon out he then goes outside takes off his shoes and he does another ritual where he sends the demon back into the ground and that's really fascinating to see and i thought you know what i, I mean we're all horror fans here right we love fucking horror you know frankenfish pumpkin head the exorcist we're there right I'd well, never seen anything like this. And I thought this could actually be a really cool film where people can see this guy that just looks like somebody's uncle, somebody's fucking, you know, dad, but with stupid T-shirts, you know, goes in and actually rips demons from people's bodies and then goes and sends them back into Earth. Now, the other thing that makes this guy, Mark is his name, that makes him really fascinating is that sometimes it doesn't happen. He takes the demon out, it goes into him, and he can't get rid of it. And what happens is, um, and I hope he doesn't, actually you're the first interview I've ever discussed this with, is what happens is that when he goes home to his wife or back in the day, if they had sexual intercourse or anything like that, the demon would transfer and she would become possessed and it, it become very violent, very uns So he'd have to perform exorcisms on his wife to then remove the bad entities from her again to get rid of them. So because remember, this guy's known as the accidental exorcist. He didn't, he didn't, he's not a Catholic priest or anything like that. He stumbled across this one day and realized he had a gift, right? He's dealt with drug addicts, uh, international celebrities, um, actually a very famous publicist in America, hugely famous, that's worked with all celebrities, has been cleared by this guy. Um, you know, she's even offered now to give us a little bit of a hand when we get out there in the States in promoting the, you know, the film, which is, you know, amazing. So, you know, rip some demons out and, you know, pass it forward, you know? <laughs> you know well, Chris, that's what There's I wanted to ask you, though, know, Ben. Because, like, obvious, obviously this is very real in, in, in Mark's world, but you believe it too, right? Look, I believe in... I love the paranormal. I believe in the paranormal, you know? Like, I love ghosts and, you know, the, 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 the potential of, you know, being aliens out there in the universe. I love all that stuff. So I 100% believe. I believe that, you know, it's the old saying, the demon on the back and stuff. And then this guy isn't talking about... You know, the movie, the movie touches on a lot of different things. One of them is a woman that steals all the time. She's extremely rich, but she's just got this problem where she'll just go in and just steal shit, right? She's doing so, a Winona. Yeah, like a Winona. Yeah. In, in fact, I tell the actors, you know, study Winona. Right? So, <laughs> just watch her security cam videos. You'll be there. <laughs> actually just like that, like exactly like that. But um, so that's a, a more of a relate. But, but so some people, you know, they go get psychiatric help or they just go and get help for whatever it might be, right? Mark believes that some people, there's like a demon has attached itself to them, whether you're an alcoholic, a drug addict, you know, there's many different reasons he believes that demons attach to people. So it's not necessarily somebody going through, you know, the nightclub like fucking, you know, and they're a vampire and they're stalking people. And, but he believes that you can see, he sees demons, you know? Like, so there's a scene in the movie where, you know, you actually see, like, it's drunk people, but what's driving them? You know, what's making them do that, you know? So, yeah, he, the way we've portrayed it is a little bit of a Constantine vibe as well. Obviously, we're a very small budget, guys, compared to, say, you know, Constantine and the legend Keanu. But we're, I wanted people to see shit. I wanted them to be in the nightclub and go, oh, fuck, there is something in the air that's making these people fight. You know, it's not like they went out to get in a fight. What made them do that? 
you know, maybe somebody's depressed and down and something attaches to them and goes, let's go fuck some shit up, you know? Uh, or it could be the Winona. You, you, you go into the jewelry store, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to steal that. You know, you don't mean to do it, but something's making you do it. And that's what I love about Mark. He's done over a thousand clearings and every one of them has been, a, it's a different story, right up to the extremely violent, you know, exorcism, if you will. So it's, it's definitely fascinating, guys. But yes, Luke, 100%, I do believe. And I certainly believe Mark because it's, he doesn't get paid to do this. Everything is for free. It's all word of mouth. So he, yeah. never, he, he never himself pitched to make a movie. He said, wouldn't it be funny if someone, you could make movies off these stories? You know, we ended up going back to him, you know, a year later after somebody else was involved and said, you know what, I will take this on. So I went to him and said, I'll take it on. It's not my normal cup of tea. I'm normally about killing people, you know, like fucking shit up. But I think there's something cool here. And you know what? I want to try something different. Definitely. So you got we have to ask because on, especially on, you know, the set of The Exorcist, as, as you've got behind you there, when you touch on this subject matter, sometimes it bleeds into the real world. Did you have any kind of weird, you know, synchronicity moments or anything while you're making the film? Like me personally, no. I think, you know, I think sometimes when you do this and I think that you guys will agree, it's like when you, you go onto a set and then everybody, like the cast start to believe that, oh my God, what if it happens to me? Like we have one of the actresses was really worried that something would happen to her. So every day we would have Mark and another exorcist. So there was a more, if you will, like a more famous exorcist, a more experienced guy. He came on set. I like him because he gave me a big bag of fucking Oreos. So he was a good bloke. But (laughs) you got to keep the director happy. The Oreos will learn the mail, Chris, all right, for this. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're my friend, Luke. So, um, but. Uh, he would come on every day and do clearings. So he would clear the sets and stuff like that. We did have like some random stuff happen. There was one night, the cleaners, excuse me, I apologize, they're not cleaners. The um, uh, uh, props department were on set cleaning up, getting ready for another, for the next day. And they saw a woman standing there staring at them and stuff like that. And then she just disappeared. Not a woman that was part of the crew, nothing like that. They were really fucking freaked out by that. Um, I came in the next day and they're like, dude, you wouldn't believe what happened. And, and Kelsey and that are very credible. They're hard workers. They weren't walking around. They never put it on the internet. They never shared it with anybody. They said, this is what happened to us. And I tend to believe those cases more than somebody going on their fucking Facebook the next day going, oh my God, on set last night, there was this fucking big monster behind me. I prefer, to, I, I tend to believe them more. So we had, we had a couple of weird moments, guys, but nothing out of the ordinary where you go, oh fuck, that's, that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, we've got a um, we've got a friend of the show that um, filmed a a movie in a in a haunted location, and they were they were all joking about it and ha ha haing and like set up some stuff, but then yep. some stuff actually started to happen to them as well. They're like, oh, fucking with the wrong thing. Back up, you know, give some respect and it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping that there might have been some fucking lights blowing. Not not at our expense, of course, because it would have become expensive. But <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. That cool shit or, or you know, something fall down. But And obviously, you know, not wanting anybody to get hurt. But, we, we, yeah, we really, it was actually, like, we shot during COVID. So if anything, like, you know, Australia was just possessed with a fucking the COVID disease. Um, yeah. You know, so it was a... It was, it was, a, it was a great shoot, although we had to do all the COVID stuff. We were one of the only films in Australia at the time shooting during COVID. 
Um, so there was a lot of shit that we had to go through, as you guys can appreciate. Like any filmmaker that shot during that time, you know, and being indie, it's really hard, guys, because the governments, they support you, right? They, they, no, they have, our costs went up, everything went up, and there was just no support. Like for indie film, we had to buy all the, the masks and the sanitizers and everything, which was fine. But Out of the budget, we though. Just, yeah, we mm. just it, it just makes your budgets go through the roof. But we're so stoked because we got to make this film and get it done. I was going to say, though, Chris, speaking of, like, the budget and everything, like, you've got big names in this. you got John Jarrett, you got Lincoln Lewis, you got Melissa. Melissa did Boar with you. Yeah, I can love Melissa. So, you got, yeah. you got two Melissas. You got, he's got two Melissas. He's got Melissa and Melissa Bell. I, was, I saw her oh. this morning. You got Angie from The Bachelorette and Gogglebox. It's a great car. Like, for Australia, Simone Buchanan, I like Aussies of a certain age, which, are, you yeah. know, we're all, we're all, um, <laughs> all mille- elder millennials, as, as we call ourselves. I'm yeah. just like, oh, this is awesome. But you've worked with a lot of these people before as well with Boar and stuff. So do you, do you find that familiarity good to work with or...? Oh, look, Steve, I do, man. Like, uh, like all, all directors out there, they have, like, their go-to people sometimes that they like to work with and do stuff with. And and JJ, like, John Jarrett is, um, you know, he, he he's like my pop, you know, my, 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 my third dad. He's he's like everything. He's, he's absolutely amazing to work with. Um, Next level, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, he went through a lot of stuff on this film set, John did. Um, it was very, very hard on him, unfortunately. Like, it was, it was a tough time. And there's a scene in the movie where you see Jacob, John's character, collapse, um, you know, covered in sweat. That was real. Like, I pushed him and pushed him. And that was the night he embraced me after that shot and said, Chris, I'm 68 years old and I've never done anything like this in my life. And I'll, I'll never be able to thank you enough for pushing me as an actor and getting this out of me. And that was a, a, a great accomplishment for me as an up-and-coming director to have somebody that you admire and adore so much you know, that you respect in the industry to turn around and say, you know what, son, like you, you're coming up as a director and you should be proud of yourself because we, we had a little semi tiff about getting this extra shot. And I'm like, dude, I need you to do this. And I knew that he was, it was fucking hard work, but he did it. Melissa Couts, I fucking adore Melly. You know, she's a hard worker. She always comes on set, ready to go. Simone Buchanan, we, we, we all did bore together, me, Mel and John, uh, uh, Simone and John. Um, we did bore. Melissa Bell, it was really cool. Like, I, want, I don't want to admit that I've seen Neighbours. <laughs> but I have. When I'm Australia, oh, we all have. Seen we neighbors. all have. Come on, mate. We all have. <laughs> we all know Shazza. <laughs> <laughs> Even the most hardcore horror fan has seen fucking Neighbours, right? So it was really cool <laughs> to have Melly Bell come on set. Um, it was like, fuck yeah, she is in real life. But I didn't realise she was so small, man. Like, her and Simone Buchanan. I like little fucking Oompa Loompas, right? Well, even uh, Melissa Couts is a little tiny thing too. Yeah, she's, she's, yeah. she's a bit, she's taller than Simone, you know? So oh, wow. Yeah, Simone's oh. like really tiny. Like, I fucking, uh, Mon Mon, I absolutely love Mon. Uh, Lincoln Lewis, guys, I gotta say, like, what? He is definitely Australia's favorite son. He's the nicest, just the nicest fucking guy. Like, everything Lincoln does, like, we had the kids on set, guys, and he would go up and he would hang with the kids. He would talk to the kids. He, yeah, Lincoln, like, I mean, I always take my kids on set. You know, if I, it's, it's a family thing for me. And Lincoln yep. is just the most lovable, sweetest guy and such a great fucking actor. Um, I swear he's got a crush on me. Lincoln, if you're watching, we know you do, mate. All right, it's time to just be fucking honest. Oh, uh, you reckon Lincoln goes both ways? Because this is okay with me. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm cool with this. <laughs> we, we don't mind. We don't mind a bit of Lincoln. It's all right. Lincoln on and have a chat. All right. Yeah, bloody hell. We're not going to say that. Uh, you know, we had some great up and coming. See, I've moved across. We had some great up and coming <laughs> actors in there as well. Who? Oh, hang on, Jay Kevin Foster. Fuck, that guy is like uh, in a league of his own, right? So we got Jay Kevin Foster, who is the most out there funny fucker. Eh? Like he really is funny. <laughs> he does great in this film. It's his first movie, so you know, for him to come in there and, and sort of yeah, have have the Chris Sun fucking they do this 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 this. All right, guys, I'm going to give an exclusive. Something happened with Jade. And remind me about Angie, because I want to talk about Angie as well. But Jade, come up. He auditioned. He did everything. His role is Orion, the out there gay guy. Just run a mark, you know, like just be exciting, right? And everything was great. Jade turned up on set. Jade, you're going to fucking kill me, but I'm going to let the world know what happened, right? So Jade turned up on set right before we went to shoot. Luke, Steve, I shit you not. I've walked outside and I see Jade coming and I'm like, What's different? What the fuck has he done, right? So Jay was told, don't change anything. Don't fucking change your hair. Don't do nothing, right? Yes, Chris, I promise. I see him coming. I'm like, what the fuck has happened here? And dudes, he got his lips injected, right? Oh, no. So now I'm not a... I'm not oh, a, no. <laughs> look bigger, right? So I'm not... I'm not a lip dude, right? So he's coming. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because Jade, we had to mould his face oh, no. for prosthetics people. Or his corpse <laughs> or whatever happens to him. <laughs> so if you make a change, it's going to change the prosthetic. Right? So poor Fucking Jade. Jade the budget, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So Jade is like looking at me, but he's like, It'll go down in a couple of days. It's all good. I'm like, motherfucker, no, you can't do this. But it did work out. He looked great. And he did such a great job. Um, you know, I'm extremely proud of him because you go from being like those Instagram kind of people where you, know, you can Photoshop and do everything or whatever you do on Insta. Movies, it's, as you guys know, it's it's fucking different world, man. Like, it's, yep. it's all different. But he absolutely nailed it. Angie Kent, guys, i got to say, like, holy shit. I've never met anybody that can remember so much. Uh, so what, what, what I mean by that is she would come on set and never been in a feature film before, but done these uh, uh, reality shows and stuff. And I would give a direction. The AD would give a direction. The DOP would give a direction. And she'd walk back out and we call her two take Angie. She just fucking nail it. It's like, holy shit. Like, gotta right. love that. Yeah, you gotta love that. <laughs> and of course we had a lot of up and comers there that, um, you know, uh, have all done amazing jobs. Lauren Grimson, uh, Romy Pullier, Sean Lynch. I mean, the list goes on. Alana Collins, all amazing actors that helped me bring this to life. And the one thing I love about my films is they are, you know, all these Aussie names that we've all heard of or seen somewhere. Like even Romy was on that Terra Nova show. I, I never really saw much of it, but she did that Terra Nova TV show. Um, so they all come from somewhere with a lot of experience in their own areas. And it just makes for a fun shoot. Mm. So do you think it uh, on that on the back of that it's obviously exposing new talent and talent in a different way than it's been seen before um how important do you think the voice of Australia is in the horror community because it's not something we see anymore like yeah horror Australian horror is not really a huge market we have blips and and blops every yeah, couple like of we years have Wolf it's not Creek, something Rogue, Boar, yeah you know Razorback. Like, like, yeah, it's not something that, you know, generates 
well, film in Australia in general is, you know, yeah. like, look, you don't make movies <laughs> in Australia up. if you want to make money, right? Let's, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I'm talking personally, I'm not talking, you know, the, the goal is obviously, you know, to, to make a product that investors can see a return on, you know, that's that's really important. To answer your question, like, first of all, Australia have some of the most amazing filmmakers, we really do. Like, I mean, one movie I'm looking forward to right now is the new Wormwood. Like, holy fuck, man. Like, I was a Wormwood fan. And now they've made number two. It's like, fuck, they're the possessed, mate. I want to see Wormwood, right? But then, you know, I've seen the possessed a <laughs> hundred times. So I've seen it enough. It's time for me to see something new. You know, we've got the greats. We've got Greg McLean, James Wan, you know, Justin Dix is, you know, down there in, I think, Victoria. There's so much fucking talent in this country. The, the problem that we find, guys, realistically, I mean, the world loves Aussie film, right? We're, oh. good, at, we're do, good at doing comedy. In a, in a, our movies are never just... Uh, you know, a straight scary movie, right? <laughs> There's yeah. the comedy. They're, they're kind of, you know, in your face sometimes. It's You find the Aussies actually slag on Aussie films the most, you know? It's like, oh, we don't act like that. Well, yes, we fucking do, you know? Yeah, they call it that cultural cringe, don't they? But, you know, uh, it is us. <laughs> it, it actually is us. I mean, like, fucking, you know, I'll ring up one of my close mates. Get, there you go. It's just normal, right? That's what we do. So, you know... <laughs> It's, but it is, it's just normal. So, but the thing is that I learned from my first movie, you know, to tone it down, tone it down, tone it down. I, I, part of me changed a little bit because Come and Get Me was very osploitation. It was out there, it was dark. It was, it was a crazy fucking film. She was intense, you know, but, that movie, dude. Hey? That was intense, that movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, like it's it. happening. I, I'd actually <laughs> like to remake it now with what I've learned now. I think I could make a better film. I'm always going to be proud of it. But, you know, you learn. As you, as you go along, you do learn. But Australia, I think that what we need, and you know, to really be successful, and some people aren't going to like this, and, and, and I'm not, this is, is just it, what Is I, it this I, one, Chris? Is it? No, it's not so much the money. It's uh, because you can make a great film for any budget. You really can. The hard thing is selling the product, right? For us to sell a product to an international audience, we need to have names in there that the international audience want to buy. Right. Yeah. So a lot. That's of why they stick someone like Molly Ringwald and cut and things like that. Kylie Minogue, like yeah, they're trying to get it to I, appeal I to an international. Kylie Minogue, actually, if she's out there listening, Kylie, I'd like to cut your head off in a movie. Well, she's back in but, Australia, mate, so she's probably ready to die. You never know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, oh, well, we love you, Kyle. <laughs> I can't wait to be there. Um, but you know what I mean, like is. Um, you know, sometimes now you got to look at bringing out American cast, putting them with the Australian cast to help sell that product. You know, unless yeah. you can get like the Travis Fimmels or, you know, uh, Nathan Phillips, you know, these different names that the, that the Americans do know and love and adore. And we got plenty of them, you know, plenty of Australian actors that they do. But a lot of them are already in America. You know, they're over mm. there now and they're, they're doing really good. So indie filmmaking in this country is definitely, yes, you are right, Luke. It does come down to getting some money, but... Well, I was going to say, do you ever find, though, like, you know, the big names that are, like, Americanized now, like, they're big names like Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman, um, you know, um, all of those kind of people, they're not, are they going to do an indie film? Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's you know, hard it's, to... It's interesting you say that because John Travolta did an, uh, an indie film not too long ago. Bruce Willis is doing indie films now. Um, COVID has opened the door for a lot of filmmakers. As much as it's killed some of the industry, it's now said, hey, indie guys, it's your time to shine, right? And indie film is shining. Let's not forget that in 2020, the number one film in America was an indie horror film, right? 
So there was nothing else being made. The Wretched, I think it was called, you know, went on to do amazing things in America. Like it didn't kill it in the box office, but it did enough for the filmmakers to go, hey, this is us. Like in, a lot of big stars now are going, you know what, fuck it. Like let's get out there and make some movie, like uh, make movies. And and like we want to talk to, um, there's a, a shark, um, a, a shark crocodile movie that I want to do later next year that we want to shoot up north, you know, with all the monsoons and stuff. So it's like one minute it's crocodiles, but then there's bull sharks and I want to bring it all together. And we thought oh, someone shit. like John Travolta would be great for this film, you know, like that. So that's complete film. terror for me. That is uh, well, <laughs> the worst two mean, things combined, no. Day, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be a method actor for you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that, you know, and the other thing is too, I think that indie filmmakers, we're so fucking passionate, right? Like we're true filmmakers from the start to the end. We, we don't just sit there and go, oh, I'm going to make a movie and such and such is going to sell. No, fuck that, right? We go, right. I'm going to write the movie. I'm going to produce the movie. I'm going to edit the fucking movie. I'm going to sell the fucking movie. I'm going to sell my fucking soul to get it out there. And I think that now that's starting to pay off. A lot of indie filmmakers now are getting the, the street cred because of their hard yards, including myself, because of all the hard work we've done. But we still need to remember that to sell that project, we need to get some sort of attached name that is recognized or a seller bankable, they call it in America, a bankable name so it helps sell the project. Exposure yeah. matters. Yeah, you've got to have someone that, that can, you know, give their give what they've got to you and it be like a meshing situation where it all works out well because you did it with um with Tara Reed with Charlie's Farm. Like yeah. she would like it works when it when it works, it works. You know what I mean? Like you can get absolutely brother. It's it gets it's, eyes on the film. Like it does. Just the way I mean, it is. Look, you can still make a fantastic film with people that people have never heard of and it become a, an instant massive hit. So I'm not saying that all oh, the gospel thing is now to get a cast member. What I'm saying is, is, is it helps. And with yeah. Tara, um, you know, it's funny actually, for the first time in, in a few years, Tara uh, yeah, tweeted out, uh, uh, shared a thing today actually for, for from Charlie's farm. So, you know, it's, it's those kind of people, you bring them in, they help sell the project. Um, you know, you get your people that go, oh, bloody Tara Reid, but yeah, they go and watch it. They're like, fuck, I want to yeah. They'll always oh, watch it. <laughs> oh, people love to, you know, tall poppy syndrome, whatever. They love to carry on about shit, but they actually still love it. So, you know. They do, mate. You know what's funny, yeah. mate? They'll go fucking that, and then they go watch Sharknado. So, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the, the thing that so, I do find hard is that um, I'm a practical effects guy. I fucking love practical effects guys. Like Same, same. Love the, it. Know, fucking pig head and Charlie and seven heads. <laughs> I love practical effects. And today, though, the younger generation, they, they're they growing up on CGI and all this kind of stuff. So they used to see CGI monsters and stuff. So, you know, like I want to do, like my next film that's already greenlit is a monster film. I'm excited. I get to fuck shit up, right? I get to kill people. But I said to them, <laughs> the funders, I'm doing everything practical. There is no digital at all, right? But, I Chris, I think that makes films better. That's what made the old Friday films better. That what made martial art films better. People were really doing all this shit. What yep. made like all these original things because they're actually doing it now. When everything's just too um, fabricated and and you know and polished, it just it doesn't have that same um, grunt. I don't think. I think practical effects really are something you can't top with any computer animated. You, you can't, brother. It's like when we did the possessed. You know, when we first started talking, we're like, okay, so what if we did, if we did digital demons? It might be a little bit cheaper. I don't know. 
so the demons would appear and stuff. And then I, don't know, I woke up one day and I, and I rang the actual exorcist guy, Mark, who's part of the funding team as well. And I said, no, nope, I'm doing everything fucking practical with the demons. And he's like, oh, is that a good idea? I said, fucking hope it's a good idea. He said, okay, I support you 100%. So I rang up Steve Boyle and said, dude, we've got to make monsters. So I've got Robbie. We'd already designed the demons, but straight away, Steve Boyle and his team, he's done all my films, started building all the monster suits and stuff like that. And it was the best decision I could have made. We still have the digital, you know, I wanted people to see when a demon's coming out of the body. So we still have the digital effects for that. But I want the demons to be real or the makeup to be real. And I'm really, really proud of that. Again, though, you know, you go back to Boar. I remember it was really funny. There, I read comments once of somebody commented and said, oh, the practical pig didn't look real at all. And I'm thinking, I've never seen a fucking 14 foot long, eight foot tall <laughs> fucking zombie pig. It looks real to me. And it reminded me of what Kevin Smith once said after a premiere of his film. He said that I make movies that I enjoy. I just hope that the mm. audience enjoys them too. Right. So that's who I am as a filmmaker. If I want that pig to look fucking like a zombie 14 foot motherfucker pig, that's something I enjoy. Right. So I want to, that's what I want to create as an artist. And these demons, they're all from my head, mine and Rob's head. I'm like, all these demons look like in this movie, you know, we've got the demon of lust and we've made real one really ugly looking motherfucker, man, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the uh, Ackermanner who's been used. So the demon Ackermanner, was used for that movie with Sandra Bullock, you know, where she's blindfolded. Um, mm. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, uh, yeah, um, Bird, Bird Box. Yeah, so that was based on the demon Akamana, who's like a puppeteer demon, right? So we didn't know that at the time, and so we created, you know, Akamana in our film, uh, but you see him, this big fuck-off demon, you know? And so there's all these different, you know, demons that we just designed, how we wanted them to look like and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely proud of that. And I mean, I, throughout my career, hopefully I'll always go back to practical effects, you know, for monsters and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you it want people like to take away? <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun to do. Like, sounds, you, you <laughs> sound like you, you do a hard set, but a good set, like a fun, like creative, collaborative set, which is always important to make, like, to make a good film. Like, Look, the, the one thing I learned, like, it's no secret when we did Boar, Boar, uh, fell into trouble there for a while. I had to fight my ass off to get it finished, which we did. And then it ends up on the top of taxi cabs in New York, you know, which is fantastic. But it's really important to me that my sets are fun, that everybody's having a good time. Obviously, when you put your director's hat on, you're on set, you've got to get the shots, you've got to focus. And I'm still learning. I'm no fucking expert, you know. Like, I, I'd love to one day be three quarters or half, or say, like a James Wan, you know, like, but, but in yeah. the, the practical, fucked up Chris Sun version, you know. But... <laughs> It's important to me that they have fun, that everybody's running a muck on set. And from the cast of the crew, in my eyes, everybody's equal on set. Um, in fact, I get told all the time, you know, directors don't talk to the extras. Directors don't. Oh, fuck off, right? I get on set. We run a muck, man. Like we're doing nightclub scene with all the eckies, and I'm in there, and I'm fucking running a muck with them and, and just having fun. It's all about running a muck, you know? So um, when are you casting that next movie? Uh, probably January. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll keep an eye out. I'll keep an eye out for a brief coming across Star Now well, or something. Like, we we got to get Luke in there, I think. We, 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 yeah, no, I'm ready to fucking seize on camera for real. It'll be great. Hey, I, I, I'm, the one, I'm the one that's got the drama degree, you motherfucker. You can stay back and look pretty. I'll be down. I'll, I can be a demon. I'm happy with that, man. Um, so, so with my management and stuff like that, I've received 
some scripts out of the US as well that we're looking at. Um, oh, that's cool. I actually made, uh, uh, so I don't know how some people are going to react to this. This is the first time we're making this public as well, guys. So this is something interesting for Ooh. you. People do know that I've received offers from America and that's all fine. But I've declined any horror movie out of America at this stage. I said that I'll look at um, thriller. I will look at action adventure. Um, and I, I said I would even look at a rom-com. So they actually sent me a rom-com as well. Wow. So there's four different scripts that I'm looking at because I love horror. I'm going to be a horror filmmaker to the day that I die. I'm sure of it. Um, yep. And I'm looking at, you know, obviously Dark Moon, which is the, the monster movie I'm doing. That's a horror film. Um, but I want to show people and I want to, uh, that I can be a, you know, a different director as well. I want to advance my skills. I yeah. Don't, or, you know, so, and if you're going to do release something on that bigger level, like you know, to a bigger audience, you want it to be something different. Then you can bring your horror later if you need to. Yes, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, yeah. Like I, I get it. Know, I want to show you, know, like push myself. You know, do different things. And Daddy's Little Girl, when I made that movie, my second film, D.O.G., there was a lot of drama in that movie, and I felt that you know what I that's when I felt that I become I started to become a director was when I made Daddy's Little Girl. I felt like I'd started to earn my stripes. Because I learned to do different things. I don't do drama and emotion and all that kind of stuff. But then, of course, we go to the, you know, the good old fashioned gore, you know. And <laughs> but that's important for me. I think the Charlie's Farm and Boar, they were just your typical Chris Sun fun movies where you got the comedy, you got everything, the great kills, the great practical effects. And same with this film. So, and, and Dark Moon will be that style of movie as well. But I definitely want to teach myself and learn to become a better director and, 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 and uh, grow as, as an artist, I guess. Yeah. All right. So to wrap it up, Chris, yep. what do you want people to take away from the possessed? If they're, if they're paying their, if their money, what do you hope they take away from sitting Look, there want, and watching that movie? I want people to have a good time, you know, like, uh, I mean, daddy's little girl, I wanted them to take away. There, there was a message there with daddy's little girl, you know, the possessed is just an hour and a half of fucking fun. Right. So yep. I think that I want them to go in there, have a good time. But take away, like, if they're younger, you know, the practical effects, the, 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 the demons, and, you know, what goes into making these films and stuff. It's a fun film. It's got it's got everything that a normal Chris Sun film would have. Um, so I think just take one, have a good time, you know, like, let it go yeah. for an hour and a half. Let's not be so serious and go, oh, a fucking exorcism wouldn't work like that. Well, motherfucker, show me, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, show exactly. me your zombie pigs, bitches. Like, yeah, look, when I went and saw Ball, we went to the premiere, actually, the local one here, um, and we just, we pissed ourselves laughing. It was the best fun. It was just a fun time. It was a group of us together. You know, we had a couple of drinks and we watched it in the theatre and we just had a great time and that's and all. And that's what I want. You know what, guys, it's funny. It's funny. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but fuck it, I will. I don't believe in my heart that I've ever truly made a scary movie, right? I believe that I make my own style of horror film. I've never once said to people, the possessed is so scary. I don't do that, right? Uh, uh, other, every, yeah, There's marketing, there's whatever. The I believe that I just make Chris Sun films and like you, Luke, people go in, they have a great fucking time, have a laugh, or there is moments in this movie where you go, oh, fuck, all right, what's going on here? So I do have those moments, but I think I'm yet to make that scary movie. But in saying that, um, you know, guys, that I've had people say to me, uh, you know, oh, I saw Boar, oh, that was fucking scary, or I saw Charlie's Farm, and, that, and it's like, Really? But so, so everybody has a different way of when, when they see something. Yeah. You know, what yeah, they experience. So there will be people that will watch The Possessed and say to someone, oh, that was such a scary movie. And then that fellow go, fuck off, that wasn't fucking scary. 
That's what I'm telling you. The shark and crocodile one, I'm fucked. I'm not going to cope. It's it's too much. (laughs) You're totally coming up, brother. You know, the thing is that for me, that will be, again, it'll be a typical fucking, you know, uh, uh, Chris Sun film. But, I mean, Rogue to me is one of my favourite Greg McLean films. Like, everyone loves Wolf Creek. But Rogue is one of those things that, you know, it's fucking real, man. Like, yeah. Fucking crocodile in the water is fucking real. So and, and the drama, like, like the like drama that. between the characters, is great too. It's not oh, just all about man. the. It's not just all about the. If I could step off of my set and and watch a director for a day, honestly, it would be Greg McLean. You know, the guy is fucking brilliant in my opinion. And Rogue is one of my favorite. Razorback and Rogue are two of my favorite. You know, creature movies, if you will. You know, along with say Jaws, right? Oh, and let's not forget Frank Frankenfish. If you haven't seen it, Frankenfish, but. <laughs> You know, I just think that I took away, yeah, that's a movie you walk away from, right? And go, fuck that. Imagine going up north and going on them tours and that happens because it's, it's so real. Whereas with this one, I think people will watch the possessed and go, fuck, my missus is possessed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was fucking possessed. <laughs> well, Chris, I want to say thank you so much for being on with us today, mate. Thank you. It's been, we would love, it's to, have been you, we would love to have you back for a longer chat sometime because uh, oh, there's a lot to talk about in your movies. So, um, guys, if you're in Australia, The Possessed comes out November, correct? Yeah, so we we got the premiere tomorrow night, so the 30th of October. Some cinemas actually start screening early. They're like, oh, can we get in early? So some are doing the 30th. The Halloween. Uh, yep. But pretty much in the month of November, it's in selected theatres, though, guys. Like, we couldn't get a, yep. a full national release for it. Um, but I think there's about 20-odd cinemas around Australia. If they go to the Possessed Facebook page, I'll constantly yep. be putting up the list of cinemas. Um, but and we'll whack wait. it on our page for you, too, man. We've got to get the word out and make sure like people say, see it. Though, of this COVID, and thanks, Steve, I appreciate that, is that, guys, even if you don't go watch this, The Possessed, go support your local cinema. These guys need mm-hmm. help too right now. So, Aussies, if you're out there, get into a cinema, watch a movie, whether it be fucking James, mainly The Possessed. Go watch The Possessed. But <laughs> go watch The Possessed. Yeah. Support, support the Aussie industry, whether it be just to, to watch a movie or to watch... Yeah, let's throw a couple of dollars at Jamie Lee Curtis too. She's, she's uh, doing yeah, it. Halloween <laughs> Kills is out too right now. <laughs> 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 Jamie Lee out here for a shark movie. You never know. You never know. You never know. She's saying yes to lots. Thank you so much, Chris, for your time. And we will talk to you very, very soon, mate. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, legends. Thank you. You too, mate. See ya. Bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.